0: I don't have any friends in my life anymore who guilt or make me feel bad about things because sometimes you have to cancel at the last minute when you have a sick kid. And I can't have a friend who's like, I'm really hurt. You're like, I don't yeah, have time. Exactly. Kid,
1: Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever changing landscapes of wellness and social media.
2: So, time for a weekly catch up, ladies! Woo-hoo! All right, so guys, we do this weekly catch-up every week, and we kind of talk about something that is just like, it can be in the news, it can be in our everyday life. Today, since we are sitting here with our fabulous guest, we will go deeper into your bio later, but Terry Cole.
3: Yay! Yay. So So excited! Yay!
2: we're we we are talking all things friends and boundaries today, so... Because, because Terry is the boundary boss. Because Terry is the boundary <laughs> boss. And Megan, I know, you know, it kind of sparks something for you. Well, we were talking about friends and friendship
1: is sort of in the air, especially the Friends television show. There's now, like, a pop-up Friends Museum. I have to go to that. Um, I can't be. I still have yet to be. And I, I watched that show longingly remembering my college and some of my past friendships and whatnot mm-hmm. and thinking about some of my good girlfriends that maybe I need to give a phone call to and and whatnot. So We're going to be talking about the flip side of friendship and toxic Mm -hmm. relationships today. But I always love to come at everything from a place of positivity. So I just wanted to celebrate my best friend, who is my sister and one of the most important relationships in my life, to start everything off on a really happy note. And (laughs) Erin, I owe you another call, but I sent her a card yesterday. Which What card? I I just wrote her a little yay. One of my yay stationery. I just sent her a little note to let her know that she's always on my mind, even if she's not always in my kitchen. That's
2: so (laughs) sweet. Yeah. You know, I have um, some of my best friends from growing up. They're those friends that we always say to each other. You know, I could not see you for like, you know, yeah. six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And some of them I haven't seen for six or seven years. And you pick right up where you mm-hmm. left off yesterday. I and I think that. those are so special, those friendships. Yeah. Totally. I was in
3: Nashville with my best girlfriends from middle school oh, yeah. this weekend. And I haven't seen a lot of them since their weddings, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like whatever it was. Yep. And it was it was really and truly like like amazing how easy it is to just pick it right back up. I feel
4: like they get nervous and so they don't send that text or that phone call because they feel like there's so much time passed. But I just got a randomly a text from my best friend from high school and she's got two kids now and they're coming into the city and we haven't talked in probably months. And so I got a text saying, hey, I need a hotel for the girls. You know, we're going during Christmas. What's the best? Where should I go? Or, you know, a, a question that had nothing to do about us, but she felt okay and comfortable enough that she could just send me that text out of nowhere. We haven't spoken and see her probably since last summer. But you know, Gen- just,
0: Jennifer uh, Gardner had this great thing that I was reading in an interview that she did. And she talked about this, how, how busy her life is kind of, she's so humble and so amazing. If you follow her on Insta, you know, she's just the cutest, but she was talking about female friendships and she was basically like zero friends who make you feel guilty about anything yeah. like mm. that thing there's no room when you're a mom when you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur when you're building an empire friends are like if you can do it for 4 minutes yay i can't yeah. wait to mm-hmm. drive by hug is better yes. than nothing but the and i thought that was so great that she made the distinction like friends who guilt you like no and she was just talking about herself saying i don't have any friends in my life anymore who guilt or make me feel bad about things because sometimes you have to cancel at the last minute when you have a sick kid. Mm-hmm. And I can't have a friend who's like, I'm really
2: hurt. You're like, yeah, I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm at the hospital with my child. Yeah. Right, it's like, right. sorry yeah. if your feelings are hurt. Right, exactly. Heidi and I were just giggling to each other because it's part of what was our impetus for creating this particular episode is that we, we had a challenging situation this year with uh, a mutual friend of ours. And I think it took us both so by surprise because, like, we don't... Have we're like human adult people, and we just don't have that kind of drama anymore that you had in high school, and some of that guilt and nonsense came up, and it really like it throws you for a loop, and that's why we wanted to, to talk about it today because it, it's very hurtful when it happens.
4: Yeah, that anxiety, unnecessary.
2: <laughs> yes. But are I they, love that we're starting it from a good place. So yes. Lot, we <laughs> all have lots of wonderful <laughs> great friends. Totally. And can I also <laughs> just say this really quickly? Um, I say this all the time. I was scared of women for many, many years. I had all gay guy friends. There's nothing wrong with that. We love them. But, of course. I love all my gay boyfriends and they were like my heart and soul for so many years and still are. But I didn't have a lot of female friends and I truly now realize it's because I was scared of women. I felt inferior. I didn't feel mm. good enough. It was all about me but I externalized it. And... Um, what really changed that were two things. It was really fitness, because through fitness, and especially through, like, the locker rooms at, like, Barry's and SoulCycle where I was taking these classes every morning at 6 a.m. When you've been through, like, the war with someone in a fitness class, <laughs> and I always say, like, I've made more friendships with my boobs out. Like, it's <laughs> crazy. i like, just talking to these people. Way. And you get so intimate. I know about their kids' lives and da-da-da-da-da. And so that was one place. And then the other place really was Instagram. So a lot of us poo-poo on Instagram for various different reasons, and some of it warrants but what an incredible community I've built IRL namely you know you mm-hmm. girls i mean megan and i knew each other from like professional life from before but you know you girls are a perfect example heidi and christine and so many of my other friends i've never had such a life rich with girlfriends mm-hmm. oh, yay. Yay. right on yeah it's really
4: before we dive in um we have a section that we call sweat this it's where we talk about an item that we love we can't live without and i'll kick it off with my, I've been talking
3: about oil a lot lately. But you have
4: face oil. <laughs> um, this is a brand, a natural, organic brand called Pharmacy. It's spelled with an F.
3: So is that the same brand as your deodorant? My deodorant, you it,
4: love it is. I know, I really do, and mm-hmm. they don't pay me. I just like them. Uh, <laughs> this is a face oil. It's called Honey Grail, and a lot of their products are made with honey, which is very healing and soothing. And for the winter months, I find I'm very dry. I have a dry apartment, um, but I'm a little oily, too. So this, this is something that doesn't make me break out, but it's very hydrating, and I mix this into my moisturizer, because if you can see, it's like a little bit, it looks like Honey, is a, a little very weak, Oh wow! But it doesn't feel like that. Um, you can even put like
1: a little water in it. Yeah. I feel like my dog would lick my face. But mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's very Terry's trying way it on. Possible. Yeah, it's real for those you can't see. And
4: even like I put it like around, not near my eyes, but like the cheekbones. Here, I try. It looks oh, great. It there's nothing lovely. yet. There's nothing like I love
0: an oil moment. That yes. doesn't make you break out. No. The only time I use this. oil, it always does. So. Yeah,
4: this yeah. is my second bottle, um, and I really like it, especially mm-hmm. for the winter. I the, great. Not so much in the summer. Um, Yum. other products, but mm-hmm.
1: I'm
4: loving this one. So. And Thanks keeping for your um,
1: cuticles yeah. moisturized, yes. makes your manicure yes. last you longer. You know what they say? Really? Right? Mm-hmm.
4: Huh. Yeah. After you use any, mm-hmm. any of your face creams or anything at night, you always rub the extra on your hands. Yeah. Because it's just, I
0: mean, you don't want anything from your neck. And SPF is as well because this trust yes. me, even doing it, it's like I your know. hands, if they're really, they age you more than anything else. And
4: we were talking earlier, I'm a cleaner also, and oh. I don't always throw on the rubber gloves, so yes. I have that too. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. All um, the moisture. So what so do you got?
1: So my sweat this <laughs> is the Mr. Cleaner Magic Eraser. Since we're the, talking about erasing negative people from our lives today, <laughs> I, I thought I was just going to bring it all back to the Mr. Cleaner yes, Magic oh. Eraser, because it's one of my favorite ways to erase the mess. Um, I work for Good Housekeeping, so this <laughs> is, I've done a lot of um research on this. It's made with a melamine phone that's non-toxic. It was originally used in siding um, or insulation and then they realized, wow it can take anything out of anything. So when my kids color on the wall with crayon or I've got like snot marks or fingerprints or scuffs on the floor, you just wet this and give it a little rub and it
3: magically erases anything. Wow. So this yeah. is blowing my mind because I thought that was the only toxic product I had in my house and now you're telling me it's not toxic. Um, it is made out of a, a melamine
1: phone and and yes. Our cleaning lab swears by it. It's one of the most effective cleaning tools for removing. It is. I yeah. live. For I, this I do too. I was amazing. at my friend's house on Sunday kind of night, and it. I was like, so um, "Do you mind if so I just much. remove that crayon from your wall?" And <laughs> I one <just laughs> on my carpet and started doing <laughs> her wall. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. we, yeah. we it's Christine? So it's metal,
4: like in a bath. We have an old yeah. tub, and mm-hmm. so it goes metal scratch. Oh, it's but great
1: on lime, and you don't have then you don't have to use a product like Lime Away. You can use it on lime. You can use it on soap scum. There's special ones with more ridges, specifically designed for showers. And now. Oh, they have um, I know I should be a spokesperson for this product because I'm obsessed but they also now have um, Mr. Clean Magic Eraser sheets oh. so that you can really like get into nooks and crannies oh. or different places. Can to we reach dis- places. discuss the fact that you have that in your pocket at bit. all times? You're like hello
3: because <laughs> well, you know why? Totally you can that. also that you can also
1: use it to clean your sneakers oh, yes. so my little boys have white uh, Nikes that they like to keep fresh to death mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I will always be like don't worry you can wear them outside it's it's okay. Mommy's oh. got the magic eraser. Right. So I will literally <laughs> get it out and just re scuff marks from their sneakers because they're really into their kicks. I'm feeling
2: like this is a sham wow moment. Yeah. 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 You're giving me yeah. all the sham wow vibes love. right now. Because mm-hmm. you could see how excited wow. I get. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited and about you're this. You're sweating. I do. i what
3: are you sweating this week? Okay. okay. This is called a still point inducer. It looks like boobies. It looks like red boobs. My husband calls it the red boobs because he's really mature. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so you lie on it, on the craniosacral ridge. You you guys, if everybody puts their hand behind their head, head, uh, you know, that there's like bumps behind your neck, like where your skull sort of, where you feel your skull starting at the top of your neck. And if you lie on it right there, not only does it has it been like scientifically proven to like get rid of migraines, get rid of headaches, it also like really alleviates a lot of neck pain. Uh-huh. Because I want that. It's, it, that's why it's called the still point inducer, mm-hmm. um, because it presses. It's like acupressure for those points, which is which are the points that. Can start all neck pain, tension, shoulder tension. And as we all know, the whole body is connected. So when one thing is tense, the rest of the body can get tense too. You just lay on it, right? You just lay on it. And what's the official name? Still point inducer, and you can get them on Amazon. (sighs) I love that. Isn't Ooh, that
2: great? And right it's, 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 it's light. It's like a hard fuss. Oh, so you could travel with yeah. it. Too. Yeah, totally. Love it. Jamie, what you got? Okay, so once again, while <clears throat> well, I have brought a product, <laughs> I'm talking about the product, but more so about kind of the idea behind it. So this is um, Amy's Organic Soup, uh, the mm-hmm. light and sodium kind lentil vegetable. I brought this because it is what I eat for dinner every night, oh, and yes? I'll tell you why. Um, I think I've told you guys a few times that I did Teddy Mellon guest <laughs> program. Wait, Wait what? what? Once again. <laughs> okay, I mean, this is for like, 10 weeks, what? Hashtag not paid. <laughs> like you're accounted for? What? Which, <laughs> gee, um, this is like, I I get so excited to talk about this because it actually changed my life. So, like, this is... really inspired me. In no Watching way, them. shape, or form, you know, <laughs> s- sponsored or anything I have to say. I'm saying this because I really... Um, and I've I've sent a couple of my friends her way because I have never been in this place in my life where I feel so in control of my food and everything that's happening um, to me physically is kind of a result of this. So after I had my baby... I had, you know, some baby weight to lose. And I but more importantly than that, I felt really out of control of my food. I had gone really down uh, a road with carbs, which by the way is totally fine. I was breastfeeding. I was just like shoving my face full of like oat bars and they're <laughs> wholesome carbs. I, I like yeah. to get caught in that trap of like, but it's healthy. But you know, I was really out of control. And so I needed something to help me get back in control. So I did this program, it's an accountability program. And they give you a bit of a prescriptive diet in the beginning, and then it loosens up a little bit, but it's all about accountability. So you have a coach, I text her my food all day, yada, yada. One of the things that it did that I had never tried to do before was it got me into souping for dinner. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not a registered dietitian, although I will be nutrition certified after this Sunday. but, But I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm telling you what works for me. And what's worked for me is realizing that my largest meal should be lunch and my latest meal should be dinner. And I always knew that Practically, but I never actually like <laughs> internalized it, and I would get so carried away at dinner with the amount that I was eating, knowing full well that I wasn't actually hungry and I was eating more than I needed, and then I'd have some sort of dessert again. That we call them healthy houdinis. It's like fake healthy food. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. those fake healthy foods, protein cookies. Yeah, protein <laughs> cookies. I love a protein cookie. So when I started to soup at dinner and just make it a really um, kind of conscious. Uh, moment and by the way i never get tired of this because i just find it very delicious just me do my you, taste do you um switch up the soups or i is it personally fast? don't because, because i love your soup i love this particular yeah, okay. soup because i've also tried so um i've played around with the different varieties and some of them are a little higher in sodium some of them are a little bit different and uh I do weigh myself every day, and that's part of this program, which is very interesting, not at all out of like craziness. And I don't beat myself up if the number fluctuates more as a barometer to see what's working and what's not or what uh, what affects my body in different ways. And since I started souping at dinner, um, most of my bloating and GI issues have gone away. Mm -hmm. I'm finding that my sleep is better. So it's just been a real game changer for me. And after I have that soup, the kitchen is closed. Mm -hmm. I make my tea, and that is it. And to tell you that I feel like back in control of myself, it was usually those two hours between dinner and oh. after dinner that, that really got exact, away from me. It's definitely the
0: snacking witching yeah. hour. It is. It's like the mindless.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. And also, uh, and we can save this topic for another day because I know we've been talking about it even today, but also the other tip there is to turn off the lights and go to sleep. No. <laughs> like, at, at that point, I put yeah. my, my kids to bed, the day's over, I don't need to stay up and do another hour or two hours of work because I will appease myself with food and procrastinate and all of that Mm -hmm. jazz Mm -hmm. so I also just shut my eyes and go to sleep but I will say that eating a light dinner Mm -hmm. for me it's soup and then having a tea and going to sleep has not only um, helped me lose weight but it has really fixed my belly issues question does George do you guys eat so I know your kids are fed
4: first and Put to bed, but then are you guys eating soup together? You oh no, we house? all I with my kids. Oh, you do? Yeah, okay. we go home
2: and we all have dinner. So at six do you o'clock. all
4: eat. So do you and George eat the same dinner, and then the kids
2: eat something, or is everybody eating soup? No, nope. put- my nope, my kiddo <laughs> has his dinner because <laughs> he eats like. Um, like are we making George be a supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> well, George no, like, is vegan, so he he's his he
4: makes uh, his uh, own. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. You guys yep. have we, your own. We all have our
2: own little meals, and when of course when we're at a restaurant we amend. I'm not like crazy like I wouldn't go out, but when we're at home this is what we eat and everybody's happy perfect yeah yay okay so who has the topic i have the topic so (laughs) i'll just keep talking (laughs) all right guys so friendship breakups they can be worse than romantic ones we all have that friend who makes us feel awful about ourselves whether (laughs) intentionally or not self-care means more than massages matcha lattes it also means knowing when to walk away from toxic situations so today we're going to sit down with our fabulous guest terry to get to the heart of the matter five ways you know when it's time to go
3: okay so listen this is heidi and i have loved terry cole for many 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 years i think i probably started watching your videos long before i met you yeah <laughs> terry cole has um so many amazing helpful incredible videos on YouTube she has a podcast that is the Terry Cole show it is amazing and I really firmly believe that I made it through life when I couldn't afford therapy because of your podcast and videos. So Aww. thanks, Terry. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit about this amazing woman: Terry Cole is a licensed psychotherapist and global leading expert in mindfulness, meditation, relationships, and well-being. For two decades, Terry has worked with some of the world's <laughs> most well-known personalities, from international pop stars to Fortune 500 CEOs. She empowers over a hundred. Thousand women weekly through her platform, online community, and popular podcast, The Terry Cole Show. Side note from Heidi, I actually did Terry Cole's Real Love Revolution program, and it was a game changer for me. Real, real life changer. So thank you for that. Sure, too. it's coming up in February 2020 oh, for nice. anyone who needs it. I could not recommend that program more. It it's we'll dive into it yeah, yeah, later. Sure. But it's amazing. Why so.
0: thank you, my dear. Thank, thank you guys you. for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for coming. Yay.
3: Um, are we gonna just do you want do you have anything that you wanna say? Or are we gonna dive right into questions? What are we think?
0: Well, I, I do have something that I wanna say okay. about friendship because we we want people listening and watching to really walk away with something that feels like, wow, like I have a tool that can help me lessen my suffering if I'm having suffering in my relationships. So let's just start with understanding why is it that we have sometimes toxic friendships? Like why is it that we have some people who make us feel like crap about ourselves like you said and by nature as human beings we have the tendency to repeat. I call them repeating relationship realities. Freud would call it repetition compulsion. There's all different ways of looking at it. But we repeat um, a great quote by this woman, Christine something, I don't know, but look it up, is we repeat (laughs) what we do not repair. And so if you have a friend who's always one-upping you, if you have a friend who is amazing when your life is in the crapper, but as soon as your life gets good is sort of like... Well, I don't know. I don't like it that much. Like mm-hmm. those friends, you know, those friends,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you're repeating something and so are they. So, so to get empowered, there's two main things that I think about when, you know, clients would come to me about this or my groups, which is that really understanding who's in your life right now. So I look at it like you have a VIP section in your life and you're literally the person who made the guest list and you are the only bouncer. So let's say you're like it's the VIP section but there's no guest list everyone can come or I really don't want you in here but I'm not I don't have a bouncer. We end up with having people close to us in our life having access to us who they want to or they feel entitled to that in our own minds and hearts we might not want them to. We might not feel. This same thing. So there's something about like getting clear about who's in your VIP section and how they get there, mm-hmm. and should they be there. So that's one thing I think that we can talk about throughout. Th- throughout Does this family episode. count?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and,
0: and here's the thing: you know, people forget about the VIP section. Like, well, well, shouldn't I have to have my, you know, my cousin who I can't stand in my VIP section? No, you shouldn't. And this doesn't mean we're cutting off contact from people. It really is about making the distinction in your own mind of who nourishes me too. Not just me doing all the nourishing because I imagine that the women and men who will be attracted to what you guys are doing right here are very similar to my my crew. Super high functioning, very capable, over giving overdoing over <laughs> and friggin' tired mm-hmm. you know
1: so that, that
0: those wow, are two cents so yeah.
1: like yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna get Anybody some velvet ropes in my living room <laughs> right
2: <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do ter i mean <laughs> oh, seriously well it's so funny though because i have like one friend in particular and i was saying to my husband the other day and i do this every time i scroll through facebook and i see this person's posts and i go oh he's just the worst and my husband's like But you call him one of your best friends. Why? And I was like, I don't know. We've just been best friends for like 20 years. He's like, but you're not. You actually hate him. And like, I just don't like what he's about. And my husband's absolutely right. But I just, I almost just never considered ejecting him. So like, why do we do that?
0: Well, let's also look at what do you gain by judging him Uh, Mm. like what do you gain by being like ew Mm. but what are you doing Saturday Mm. there's something in that for you Mm -hmm. and and that's called like secondary gain Mm -hmm. which is like the unobvious thing that we get so the three questions you can ask really quickly to figure that out is what do I get to not feel not face and not experience by staying stuck in this spot where I am which you can use those questions which is how to get unstuck around anything. But with friendship, it's good to know like, huh, well, and I can tell you right now what you get to not feel not face and not experience is that perhaps you've outgrown this friend and that maybe it would be appropriate to, it doesn't mean you have to have the breakup conversation though. That's another thing I think we should establish here. If we stop doing the work to keep many of these relationships going those relationships would actually stop right mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. when, when you really go <laughs> for sure uh, but, but I feel obligated we're so dutiful mm. we're good girls mm-hmm. many of us were raised to be good right sometimes so Terrence, yeah. sometimes <laughs> oh, but not always <laughs> but you know what I mean like yes. where we feel like well I haven't spoken to Bob mm-hmm. in this right. period of time hey Bob hasn't picked up his mother effing phone either mm-hmm. <laughs> so why, why are we the only ones who are like yeah. but i I I would always have the boxes to check, like, have I talked to Bob? I haven't in six weeks. Maybe I should call Bob. Never thinking one step further of, like, do I want
1: to talk to Bob? Oh, my God, no, and I haven't for, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. So I'm fascinated by this because I had a toxic friendship, and I did just what you're talking about. I just let it fade away. Mm-hmm. I let it fizzle out. And my husband and I will have this conversation of, like, how did you just let that, like... Like, it's mean that you just let it fade away. And I'm like, but what would have been the meaner thing to be like, I actually can't stand you and and being around you makes my skin crawl? Like, you know, here's the thing. First of all, mm -hmm. let's first
0: establish that every relationship is 50% you and 50% that other
1: person who didn't do squat about it fading away. So why is it on you? Well, they they definitely made some efforts sending like a photo of like, I remember when this was us. Like, I missed this moment. (laughs) And did you simply ghost them? No, just like an orange heart. Okay, <laughs> That's okay, though. Orange. That's okay. Oh, I love it.
2: I
0: love that the color has It yeah. was yeah. like, an orange heart. She was right. like a black, it's broken heart. So, <laughs> So you didn't just ghost, but you didn't engage because that was authentically the way you felt. And to me, that's you behaving within your own integrity. So your husband can think it's mean if he's got the disease to please. My feeling Mm -hmm. is you have two choices. You can either do what you did, which many times works. We don't always have to be like, hey, let me tell you all the reasons. Because what we do is we end up convincing. We feel Mm -hmm. like I need a good enough reason Mm -hmm. to not want to be your friend. you know what? You don't need any effing reason to
1: not want to be your friend. Well, and this person had said, let's go for a drink to talk about this. And I said to my husband, and I said to myself, like, what is that drink? Like... part of our problem is the only thing we have in common is we like rosé so (laughs) why are we going to go have a glass of rosé to talk about why I actually don't like you
2: a glass of five Uh, uh, and I think
1: one of the complicating factors for this is that our kids were you know we had had Sunday fun day family play dates like our kids part of it was the fallout was that our kids no longer really meshed uh, I still enjoyed the the husband my husband still enjoyed the husband Um, and the husband had gone through some medical complications which made us feel a little Mm -hmm. bit guilty about kind of this ab- abandonment but I really said in, in my heart and soul that my life is busy and hectic and I need to surround myself with, with people that feel like sunshine and when they don't I cannot be rained on a Sunday right. you know and it was very tough but I do feel like such a sense
0: of relief right and here's the thing is it abandonment no that's, that's a limiting belief because who do we who is actually guaranteed us in life literally the truth our children,
1: yeah. Oh, I love it. that. Who's get, and our dog maybe? Uh, definitely your dog wants to so, bite someone's yeah. face off. But
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean, then no, but but when you really think, like who who as humans do we go till the end of time? Mm. Maybe my mom too. Yes, but oh. she's doing I'm that thinking for out you. Loud. Sorry, Terry. No, no, she's <laughs> doing that for you though, right? She's doing yeah. that for you. Meaning, Ish. your mom is doing that for you, but. No one else has guaranteed us, not even our spouses. We choose them. We wake up and figure out how to choose them every friggin' day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't choose them, and the, hence why people get divorced. But with with friends, you outgrow that friendship. It made sense when you have kids the same age.
1: So you're like, this is great. We're a in the same preschool. Yes. We have the same fundraisers. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: normal and healthy to outgrow some friendships. And if that person had a projection of you like, I mean, I should talk like I I was literally a bridesmaid eight times in my 20s. Half of those times, I would not have invited those people to a housewarming party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, How am I? Mm-hmm. You're my best friend. How? Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I wasn't honest and I was young and I wasn't healthy. And then you know. bought
1: all the taffeta. Yeah. yeah. Do, oh, yeah. You
0: know what you're <laughs> never wearing
3: again? <laughs> Any bridesmaid dress. After, after, I do not never. care. They're Neither. like, You could
0: dye it black. You're like, I'm never doing that. Yeah. Stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> Has
3: anyone ever dyed a dress? That's just out of curiosity. I <care>. never. <laughs> like, I have. you have. It oh, works. Well, I mean, you I had a white strapless Betsy
4: Johnson dress that was adorable that I had had a, it was a bridesmaid dress, so she said everyone just wear white. But then I felt weird wearing just a white dress to other things because it was like a a more fancy dress so it felt too wedding-y. So I tried to dye it like a purplish color, which would have been more, it was a deeper purple, but it came out like this very very, very soft, almost like off-white lavender, kind of like the color on your off the thing but like it was a beautiful color it was almost it could look white but like a little off-white with a hint of gray and it was it
3: came out beautiful it wasn't the way it was supposed wear to wear it to the next podcast yes mm-hmm. i know, I know that. That. Okay. Yeah. with your so that shoes but anyway, I don't so have. i i have a question about this sure so you're I for sure lived most of my life with a disease to please for a lot of reasons. Because as I mentioned, I did Real Love Revolution, so I got to download my love blueprint and all those amazing things. Where Terry has you, you know, really dive deep into who made you. Like, what? What are the experiences that made you you? And like, obviously, when you're looking at them on a piece of paper, you're like, oh, that's exactly why I do this Ooh, thing. And that's, do this. It's so good. February, right? Yeah, February. February. So. Anyway, so as I was doing this, you know, I was becoming a little more and more aware of my relationships in life, and I absolutely had have the disease to please. I would love yep. to say that it's in the past, but it's not fully. Um, and I, like, I was the girl who was friends with everyone in high school, and there was this one girl who everybody couldn't stand, and I, I was nice to her because I was nice to everybody because, like, I thought that's what you were supposed to do, even though she was You know bananas and I would be the one like begging people to let me bring her places and like that was me with her and then like she got engaged they didn't set a wedding date I got engaged and we set a wedding date, and she had, like, a full-blown conniption on me because I set my wedding date before hers, and how, and she wanted her wedding before the week before mine, and so I better rethink my date because she didn't oh think God. I could be a good bridesmaid in her wedding one week apart from my wedding. And I said – it was, like, a moment of clarity for me when I was, you know, 24, and I was like – yeah, you know what? I just don't need you in my life. Good for you. <laughs> like, but so, like, short of being that dramatic mm-hmm. and, like, having that kind of, like, a blow-up and a, like, I'm never going to speak to you And I didn't say I'm never going to speak to you again, but, like, it actually was one of the last times I ever spoke to her. Like, I... You know, her brother got married to one of my good friends, and so I was in that wedding because I was in, I think, 15 weddings. Yeah.
2: Um, so oh, I God. really... Uh... Yeah. That's the benefit <laughs> of having all gay guy friends. Yeah. I did <laughs> not have to buy a lot of bridesmaid <laughs> dresses. <laughs> but when I did have a baby, I was like, I had no idea how to change a diaper because right. I was like, not, <gasps> not walked down this path before. <laughs> oh,
3: guys. Guys. So, So, but, like, in lieu of, like, a dramatic end, is there, are there, like, Warning signs you should look for, yes. and and is there like a graceful way to exit, mm. or
1: yeah, or can here. we flip it and like what are the what are the characteristics of a good
2: friend? But, yeah, but that I, doesn't no. help people. But, We're yeah. talking about yeah. friendship breakup, yeah, here. yeah. Like, uh, yeah.
1: You, know the,
0: you know it. A okay, characteristic yeah. of a good friend? Who is someone who makes, makes you feel you sunshine? Feel like, yeah, exactly. Okay. That that's your definition. Mm-hmm. Mine's different, but. I think that part of why it's valuable to actually talk about the warning signs is because it gives you a chance to be like, oh, there's a red flag. Maybe I won't text the person back. Maybe I won't just jump in and save because here's the thing. That person who other people didn't like, and I'll go to this example just because it's illustrative and we can, it's people didn't like her, so you're an empath. You felt (laughs) sorry for her. You felt overly, you're codependent, so you felt... (laughs) Codependently responsible for this person's experience. So when you're overly invested in the feeling states, the outcomes, the choices of other people, that's called codependency. So your motive was not pure. That relationship was toxic from the beginning because yours was like, I feel bad. Who wants a friendship like that? Nobody. Mm -hmm. She was someone you shouldn't have probably been Mm -hmm. friends with. No judge. Just saying. Because... It wasn't like, oh, you're the cool, like, I'm so interested, you're fascinating, or we have the same things in common, or we like fashion working out and groovy things, like you guys, right? <laughs> you, you you have things in common. So part of it is when it starts that way, right? then you know that's going to be a shit show in the end. There's no <laughs> way that it's going to end any way other than, like, crashing and burning. So there is no way. And people ask me this all the time, like... Is there a way that I can do it? I always say you can draw boundaries and speak truthfully with ease and grace eventually. In the beginning you just have to do it even if it's messy, even if you have snots coming out of your face or your knee is bleeding or whatever <laughs> because it's the in the doing it that you start to change internally for you. So let's first, let me just quickly do it so we can stay on track. Warning signs of a friendship. Dial into how you feel when you're with the person. Are you concerned about their approval are you do you find that you sort of change the, the story a teeny bit because you think they might not like the real story? So you change the facts just a little so that they'll be like okay with it. Do you think when something good happens to you that you know your friends who are like literally throwing you a parade from their heart mm-hmm. and you know your friends who are actually not going to be happy for you because they're going to be like, well, what about me? Any friend? You get engaged, you have friends who go, I can't believe they've only been together this period of time. There are so many women out there, you're like, well, how did my engagement become about you? Interesting. (laughs) So that's a red flag. The friend that you're you're afraid of, if you feel fear that they're going to disapprove of you or judge you, you are acting something out with them. They are too, but I, I don't know what that is, but I can help you with what
1: you're doing. So you have to ask a couple of questions. Can I ask? Sure. I don't mean to interject, but like in the beginning stages of a friendship, would you feel some of those
3: things as you get to know someone? When Terry said that, I have to say, like, I could have solved the problem that Jamie uh, touched on earlier if I had just through the lens of like, I'm doing this because I feel badly for her. I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this Mm because... I say yes.
1: Well, yeah. Like also, in the past, you, mean, you yeah, used yeah, to yes. say yes, and yeah. now you're going to start saying no. Totally. Right. That's, yeah. that's
3: what I'm learning from all of your boundary I think courses. I
1: cautiously get to know someone now, so I sometimes find that in the early stages of becoming someone's friend, I feel some of those hesitations because I don't want to give so much because now I really want to, to kind of feel like I know somebody mm-hmm. before I invest. Yeah. Well, what... Because what, I don't need any more friends. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like,
0: like, you got to be... soup you got to yeah. really be bringing yeah, something yeah. to the party at this point. Yeah. My feeling in the beginning of a friendship is there's two ways to go. Same thing with unhealthy romantic relationships. If it's the beginning of a friendship and it's too much too soon, if you, they are love bombing the crap out of you, <laughs> if they are like, you're the best ever.
1: Oh, my God. We, we're like soulmates. I bet we had yeah. a past life Which together. Which sometimes happens. Like, you guys are all influencers, and we have kind of, yeah. like, sexy careers. <laughs> and sometimes you do have that moment of, like, well, do they want to go to this free event with me? Or Yeah, but that's different.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's different. That's meeting people where you're kind of in the same um, crew. Like you have all of these things in common, so of course there would be an easier flow with women who have a very similar life experience, right? And that is what you're talking about. I'm talking about when you meet people, and that may happen too, but if there's a lot of reaching from them to you if there's a lot of urgency like you met at a party and then they get in touch the next day and then they're <laughs> like can we do lunch Friday which is the next day and you're like mm. and even if it feels good maybe they're fancy maybe they have a great job maybe you do have things in common with them but you have to my whole thing is if and if something seems too good to be true in any part of life mm-hmm. it probably is because getting to know someone slowly That's a healthy way to have a relationship or a friendship. So, warning signs so far. Someone who you know down deep is not really happy for you. Someone who, another warning sign is someone who drains the crap out of you. You leave them and you're like, I'm in a coma, why? (laughs) Um, So, not just energy vampire. Those also could be friends who just constantly want to come to you for advice, they're dumping their same thing, they're never taking your advice, one, and (laughs) they're not changing their circumstance, but they feel so much better. When they get off the phone with you, they're like, I always feel lighter and so much better. (laughs) And You feel like someone barfed toxic waste (laughs) into your face because they did. Mm -hmm. So you're like the receptacle for that. Listen, family, long-term friends. If someone's going through a hard time, I'm not like, Hey, we we just, you know, bounce on anyone who isn't sunshine. Mm -hmm. But with their friends who, you know, it's how they see life. You're like, so how are you? There's always the, it's hard. I mean, I have Mm -hmm. a friend who is, that's like her favorite thing to say and we've been friends for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I'm much more distant now because you know what? It's hard because you can choose for it to be hard all the time because your lens is that it's hard. How about Mm -hmm. you look at it like maybe you should be grateful. For yeah. everything you have, you know? Totally. We,
2: um this this situation that we were in recently, again, I feel like maybe could have been averted because one of the red flags that I saw was always talking negatively about others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And early yeah, on, I, I was that. like, I wonder if she's talking that way about me, you know, yes, about people. Totally. Yes, yes, she was. About yes, what a newsflash. But, oh, like, duh. I was obviously I getting enough out of the really, like. Oh, the relationship made me feel good because we did have laughs. Um, we did, like, to go to the same events together. So she was a good, like, cohort in crime, like a party buddy, Right. Like wing ba- And, like, there were good things. And also I believe that um, this particular person is, like, a sick and suffering individual and she's mm. got her own things. I don't believe she's a bad person, but she's very toxic and she's actually very scary because she's she can be mean yeah. and, and, and uh, intentionally hurtful. And go and, after people's and, jobs. And, yeah. yeah. And so when I saw... <laughs> like, really. Her speaking so badly about other people, which is just something I just, again, don't even think to do. It's like, I'm. I'm um, in a place in my life where I said this uh, on an earlier podcast. I, I like to say relationships are aren't fifty fifty; they're a hundred a hundred. I'm friends with other hundreds people that are just full by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, when I do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I see something like that, and it makes me feel icky, and I walk away being like, maybe I gave her a giggle when at her talking behind someone's back, and that made me feel really bad because mm-hmm. it's just so not my mo. That should have been an indicator. Like this is not good. Oh yeah, somebody crap talking
0: other people to you just for f- there's no way in hell they are not doing that about you hmm. the second you walk away. So that should definitely be one of the things to look out for. And a- another thing, because we're sensitive empaths, women, right? This is part. I mean, we're not all empaths. I definitely am, and I know you well enough yes. to know you are. I am. She's you talking about Heidi. Probably are. <laughs> yes, Heidi. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pointing. Hello. Um, <laughs> So you want to be aware that simply because someone had a rough life, because this happens a lot, especially if you're an empath, you're like, oh, but I, I, I understand why she, she is jealous because she had a mean mother who favored her sister. So I really do understand. Here's the thing. That person's unresolved childhood wound is not your responsibility and you can't even take it on it is not even possible. That person has to do it. So why give a pass? Like you're, you're not really doing them a favor because who wants to be in a friendship where either you're in it because you pity the person, because you fear the person or because they had a really crappy life. Like nobody. We want to be in, we're busy women. We don't have time for that crap and you can't fix them. But when you are a, fixer, you know, which is also codependency. It's this desire to control where you want the happy outcome Mm -hmm. for them. You feel like everyone should have it. But the thing is, we all make our own happy outcome. And if you're a codependent, you will endlessly make suggestions to these friends of like, I have an idea and I have a friend and I'll hook you up. I'll make the connection. And I looked up jobs for you. And like, I could just keep going of all the things Mm I did in my twenties. But the reality is, they're not going to do it because you feel the urgency or I feel the urgency. But until the person feels the urgency, all they get to do is discharge their misery into you. You feel heavy. They feel like that's not a friendship.
3: Mm-hmm. So I have a, a question about... This is all such amazing info, and I hope everybody's, like, soaking in every morsel. Thank <laughs> also, you, Also, your voice is so um, soothing, Terry. Isn't it great? <laughs> is <it>? she, does <laughs> she does a lot of meditations. The- like, oh, Oh, yeah, a lot of meditations. I, I mean, think I'm in a, a trance.
2: Yeah, I totally
3: fall asleep listening <laughs> to her meditations. Day day. <laughs> but so I guess my question is, so it's lovely when you can have a clean break from someone who's toxic in your life, and then you feel lighter, and you feel better, and it's great. What if it's someone that's like... Yeah, you can't. I get it. an in-law yep. or a co-worker yep. or <laughs> yep. or what someone you're co- yeah, someone you're
0: mm-hmm. co-parenting with that you maybe you've divorced mm-hmm. them, but you still have to work together. I totally got it. So
3: are there like because you are the boundary boss? Yeah, are there boundaries you can put into place with toxic people that you ha- are you must have a yep. relationship with? Are there things you can do? Yeah, there definitely. To protect are, yourself.
0: <laughs> let's just start with. Because this is the biggest problem I see and I've seen in my therapy practice in the last 22 years with women. It's believing and giving yourself permission to create distance. We're so in denial that we don't let's say like our mother-in-law or like, like we feel so guilty like it's us, we're bad. or. We're, we're trying to win them over. Like mm-hmm. this time it's going to be different. <laughs> this Christmas, I'm going to get her something. She's going to love it. No, she's not. She's going to hate it. She's going to return it. She's going to humiliate and embarrass you if that's what she's done all along. The evidence that we have tells us that's what's going to happen, not the dream that you want to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying things are hopeless, but you know, what what Heidi is talking about is when you get to the point where you're like, yeah, this is pretty toxic and I don't trust this person because they are not emotionally trustworthy, then what do you do? First of all, do not tell them anything that is important to you. Hmm. Do not share crap with them. Be if, if it is that's just say a a boss or a mother-in-law, father-in-law, be at be courteous if you have to interact with them at holidays or wherever always be classy always keep it classy for yourself because that's there's so much power in um, not allowing someone else's crap behavior make you behave lower than your own level of integrity right Mm -hmm. to me that feels like power like Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say or do I will never climb down there with you oh but I will step back Mm -hmm. and step back and step back so part of it is getting boundaries in place. Like if this is someone who feels like entitled to call you day and night or feels like they can intrude or just stop by your house. Like you mm-hmm. you start drawing those boundaries where you stop picking up your phone. They get mad about that, say, oh actually no I have a new I have a new policy. I turn my phone off at night because I'm a normal person and I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I turn my phone off at work because I'm not taking personal calls at work anymore. And Instead of responding and reacting to them trying to provoke you because this is what toxic people will do. You you just make the decision. I'm unprovokable. I'm making distance with this person emotionally. I'm cutting energetic cords with them because so much of the work has to do with you. If you can get clear within yourself, it's so much easier to do it in life. What I, So much of what you're really saying is. We we want the other person to change, like we want it to be better, <laughs> like we really do.
3: I want them not to be a total a hole. Yes, <laughs>
0: like, but, but here's the thing: that's they've so much us. we we have <laughs> like, years of evidence that they yeah, are right. a total
1: a hole. Like, right, that's yeah. the evidence we have. Their behavior, we've already experienced. Is it possible though? So sometimes somebody's not necessarily an asshole. You just don't jive with them. Like I sort of believe in the energy of things if it's like you're you're either resonant and you're dissonant. And there, there are people I just don't like, but they're not a bad person. They haven't done anything to me. They haven't said anything to me. I just don't like them. Right. I don't like they I don't get excited. They don't bring anything. Like is that possible of just course. to just have people you don't like? Of course. The
0: same way that sometimes you meet someone and you're so comfortable with them. Like you immediately are like, like I
1: want to sit on your lap, Terry. Is that right? <laughs> <it? laughs> Can I just
3: say <laughs> you're
2: comfy. <Yeah>. Right?
3: <laughs> you guys, I think unprovocable is the best superpower I could ever imagine. Oh, yes. That's yeah. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> and there's like, nothing like right out of my wall. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, Well, that's what I say. So I have
1: this thing. I say this thing, keep smiling, because it confuses assholes. And I find that the more I smile through any situation, the more, like, people, like, they definitely are just like, why is she smiling? I just said the craziest, meanest thing. And you're like... Yep, you uh-huh. want to hear a really
0: funny quick story about yes. someone having a terrible, a terrible uh, stepmother-in-law, who would like drink and then say like terrible things to this client of mine, and I was like, you know what, we're gonna try this thing. Let's just see if it works. Now it was a risky intervention, I will admit that, but everything <laughs> you know else hadn't is. worked so far, right? So I was like, let's just give it a go. I said, next time you're together and everyone's drinking, and you know she she would stay pretty sober. I was like, stay sober because they are unsafe <laughs> people, please. Right every time she says something insane and completely douchey and everything mean and terrible you're gonna do this oh my god barbara you are so funny <laughs> That's uh, you kill me That's you, I, love <laughs> I love it you make me laugh so hard barbara you're amazing is her what? name really barbara no <laughs> Obviously not. (laughs) Changing the names to protect the not innocent in this case. And I'm telling you, what happened was my client Mm -hmm. changing her energy to one of like open and laughing. The other person just started laughing. Mm -hmm. And it was like that whole dynamic, it stopped working. So the provocateur... Mm -hmm. You know, trust me, she tried other things. But then my client got really cool to be unprovocable, and there was nothing she could do. So actually, they have a really good, that was years ago, they have a really oh, good wow. relationship now because Barbara was like, all right, I guess I'll we'll just try to be normal. Like, I don't know, it's not working. <laughs> it's fascinating. But, but you have to understand what's going on in order to do that. Yeah. And that's not like a normal yeah. intervention. I'm just saying, don't try this at home.
3: Uh, I,
1: I just thought uh, it might really? work. i do uh, report back? I love it. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Or get breaking, like changing the dance. <laughs> it, exactly, that is changing the dance, right? Because right. all relationships—that's what Hyde is referring to—are a dance. You're fifty percent; the other person is fifty percent. If for years you're moving back and forth, for those who are listening and can't see, and then suddenly you're like, "Oh, there's a new boundary sheriff in town. I'm not doing that anymore." You get on the dance floor, and now you're like doing like a the jitterbug, and the person's like, "Hello, what are you doing?" I do this, now you get huffy, roll your eyes and walk out the door and slam it. Why are you not doing that? So it takes a minute. When you want to change your relationship dance, my clients will be like, I finally said the thing, man, I'm done. I'm like, are you nuts? That was one time. You will most likely say the thing about another 500 times. But don't say it in anger. Don't assume that the person not immediately getting that you're now doing the jitterbug is because they don't love you. You're changing an ingrained behavior. It takes a minute rather and I feel like it's almost more effective than wanting to have the conversation because people are all like, I can't wait to get home and talk to my wife or my husband. I'm going to tell them all the things that it's all (laughs) good now and we're not. I'm like, no, how about we're not doing any smackdowns, yeah. mm-hmm. just be different. Take responsibility for your part of the dance. And eventually, trust me, your friends or your lovers or your parents, they will start to get on board with the new dance. But we've got to stay unprovocable and calm and realize it's human nature for them to want you to be the same. Because change feels threatening, they fear unconsciously. If you change, you will no longer love them or want them.
4: I have a question about, um, these are long-term relationships, but like now it's so easy to make friends that aren't long-term friends that we met face to face or had, you know, these long lasting relationships with. And how do you, I find that it's harder to have those deep relationships. Like sometimes it's like, Oh, I chatted with her. I texted with her. We're on a group chat. And it's a great way for people who don't have a lot of people around them to support them to make new friends. But it's also, I almost feel like it's like fast friends. It's like a lot of people are, are saying, oh, I have, you know, this group over here, that group over there. It's overwhelming. But then there's this satisfaction, like I have all these friends and I'm making all these, you know, mom friends for this or, you know, dating friends for that. And how do you see them breaking up faster? And are they even... Do they develop into anything past the the texting or the group party or anything that comes quick from this fast fashion trend that's going on? And then a quick breakup also. Right.
0: I have to say it's actually so incredibly personalized where it's it's sort of a younger generation, I find, younger than me, Mm -hmm. um, who are... You know, sort of finding friendship online in a different way, right? I have the same friends, same seven friends, my (laughs) IA since I was in second grade. I have other friends too, of course, but I mean the same people. And I also think that people are in our lives for different reasons mm-hmm. and seasons. So it's like you may have a mom friend, as you were sharing before, that you, you outgrew that friendship. When, when you're raising kids, it's so, it is stressful. It's new. You want to talk about breastfeeding and, and food for kids and stuff to do and mm-hmm. like, a lot of your single friends are like great with the baby food who cares like they don't want to so be, But then your kids grow up and if your kids don't stay friends That right. you outgrow that but here's the thing that's not like a failure because not all relationships romantic and or otherwise Are meant to be forever the question is what did you learn about yourself? Mm. Or can we just accept that sometimes it's convenience Sometimes you live in the same neighborhood and you have a great neighbor and we're great friends and then you move away and I'm not friends with my neighbors when I used to live somewhere else Mm -hmm. right now. But if I saw them, it would be great to see them. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel like mad. So it's it's all what we want because the power of your intention Mm -hmm. to create what you want is what it's all about. Do you like having varied groups where it's lighter? Some people do. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have a couple of close friends. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's all about what you want and how you feel. And let's say there's one person in that more superficial group that you like, mm-hmm. then go for it. Make yourself vulnerable. Invite them to coffee. Right.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My husband says we all like toss around the word friends so loosely mm-hmm. these days. He's like, you have 692,000 friends. He's like, I have four friends, Megan. Um... And it's true because, I mean, if I find common ground with someone and we're friendly and social, I'll call them a friend. When in truth, they're an acquaintance. Yeah. Um, but I kind of mean they're an acquaintance without saying the A word. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, that also seems a little bit weird. It just seems weird. so cold, right? And that's my acquaintance. Yeah. Like, maybe we might become friends. We're not really right yeah, now, though. But, like, we're <laughs> in the acquaintance phase. Yeah, so, like, but qualifiers. I do think it is one of, especially in with the world of social media and whatnot, like, I could say I have 15,000 friends on Instagram, but I know hundred of them. Right. But it's your level of
0: satisfaction. It's in what relationships are you authentically seen, heard, and known? What relationships make sense for you to make yourself vulnerable, allow yourself to be vulnerable, because those people have proven that that they are trustworthy emotionally and we couldn't do that with 15,000 people right yeah. so 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 we are select about who gets who gets to be in that VIP section and i really encourage people to think about it that way because it's fine to have a lot of people who are outside the rope that doesn't mean could you don't
1: care you, about them. You could know? you also be maybe having a couple of different parties happening at once? Because yeah. I would say I have a VIP section with my, like, workout buddies. And then I have, I have like, I, this isn't a nice way to say it, but, like, the Dead Dads Club and my friends yeah. who have also experienced T-Plus. Like, I have a, like, a group of a couple of women who are in that club, and we cry and we chat. And, like, that's a real friendship, but that's sort of a different VIP section than my workout buddies. Yep. The VIP section, this is how I
0: define it. It's basically people who you have a desire to be close to and where there's mutuality. You nourish and nurture them when they need it. You can see them, you can show up for them. They nourish and nurture you. So it's not one of these over functioning, under functioning relationships where you do all the work, you do all the planning, you do all the things and the other person's like,
1: okay, I'll be there. So not everyone in your VIP section has to be friends with each other. Nope.
2: That... Makes it clear. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, uh, yeah, it's all about how you yes, feel. Do you think it. it's a helpful exercise to take any sort of kind of inventory of these oh friends? Gosh, like, yes. do you at write it end, all down at the end? Actually, we're going to talk about that. Okay. So I'm
0: going to yeah. give I'm going to give <laughs> listeners something to do.
2: Okay, great. Well, that's <laughs> that is <Perfect>. a great <laughs> segue. Um, before we get to the end, I want to ask you the same three questions that we asked to all of our guests. I, super deep. They are super <laughs> deep. <dear> so, <laughs> so get really ready. Sharpen your pencil, yourself. Right put on your thinking cap are you ready terry i'm ready okay
0: morning or evening workout always morning what is your favorite workout i have a lot but i would say top 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 zumba
1: oh Oh, fun okay
0: coffee tea or matcha i mean coffee obviously
3: I mean, I like them all,
0: but couldn't live without coffee.
3: Girl after my own heart. All right. Okay. Well, the next section is called... Karma call. Megan says it's so much better than I do, but um, I'm the yoga expert, so... (laughs) I guess talk about the Sanskrit word. (laughs) Because karma means action. Yes, it does. So we are asking you, Terry Cole, for your call to action for our listeners and our viewers. What is one thing that they could do that would make a huge impact? Well, since we were talking about friendship
0: and breaking up or not breaking up, I think it's very valuable at least once a year to do an inventory of who is in your life. Where are they? Are they behind the rope? Are they close to your heart? Do they get access to you? Should they have access to you or not? So a couple of the questions that you can ask to basically assemble this list and here's the thing, don't worry, we're not breaking up with anyone just yet, Mm -hmm. but you're going to go through a couple of questions and really, honestly, I can probably give you three and that would be enough, which is when you're with this person, how do you feel? When you think about spending time with this person, how do you feel? When you are done. Spending time with this person, how do you feel? And be honest with yourself. If you feel enlivened, invigorated, excited, seen, heard, great. That person's on the end list. If you feel exhausted, drained, guilty, shameful, that person is on the other list. So the other list, we're actually going to call it an energetic hit list. So you're going to put people who don't make you feel great over there. And you're gonna, you want to understand, like, huh, why did I keep them in my life so long? Mm-hmm. Who do they remind me of? Where have I felt like this before? Why is this familiar to me? This is how we understand, like, when we have... Logically, it may not make sense, but maybe that person reminds you of your difficult father, your difficult mother. So there's a little part of you unconsciously that recognizes them, and you're hoping to have a different outcome with this person. This is definitely not the way to get the different outcome, but (laughs) it's an unconscious process that you're unaware of. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that that list, when you really go through it a couple of times, you're going to pick the people who you are like, oh, wait, I really realized this is toxic, and I've been afraid to admit that I don't want this person in my life because I don't know how to break up with them. So we're not, again, we're not breaking up with anyone, but with those people, you are going to start to cut cords energetically. You are going to set your Orange intention. heart emojis <laughs> <do> nothing else. <laughs> you're going to send them a black broken heart emoji and that's what we've got, no I'm kidding. But you're going to start to distance yourself, give yourself permission to take your time in responding. And if you're the one who's kept it going out of guilt, stop it right now. Hmm. And when you change your intention about the the people that are on the list that you're like, "Yeah, no, they're really not great for me. They're they're bringing down my life in a bad way." You'll be shocked. I bet that half of those people, those relationships as Megan had said before, will just Fade away with no conversation. If it's someone who's kind of like single white femaling you, (laughs) then you're going to probably have to have a conversation. But this, I want the people listening and watching to know, you don't owe every mother ever in the world to be in your VIP section. That should be a sacred place with people who see you, who want to see you, who feed you, who nourish you. So get real with yourself. Don't waste your youth and your beauty on a bunch of people who don't deserve you. That's my two cents.
3: Amen. Amen. Yay, for Yay! Thanks, Terry. Everybody, that. go check out the Real Love yes. Revolution starting February 2020 with Terry Cole. And I have a free gift for everyone. <gasps> what? Go to terrycole.com forward slash
0: gift. And you'll get your mini Real Love Revolution starter kit. Ooh. Oh, doing that
2: the second so we walk out of this so room. Amazing. We definitely need to have you back. This was I, not I, the end. Uh, oh, there's it. always
0: so much to say. There's always <laughs> so
2: much to say. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Thank and thank you guys for you. tuning in at home. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And also follow us on Instagram, Off The, grad- <laughs> <laughs> off the Gram Podcast on the Gram.